Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, I have a lot to get to here. Plenty of education-related things, plenty of jab-related things, too. But I want to start off by thanking the individuals, again, who contact me and send me information that is beyond valuable. And again, I, I thank everybody for listening to the show and, again, emailing me and texting me. All of this information, again, is is valuable information that has to get out because, again, the mainstream media, of course, isn't covering much of this, and even the conservative media, so to speak, isn't touching this with a 10-foot pole either. So here's what I want to do. First of all, I'm going to get to those emails and, again, a lot of that information and a few articles as well. But I want to start off by talking about Kim Carter here. Kim Carter, of course, is a friend of mine, friend of the show, and she was a nurse at Christ Hospital in uh, in Cincinnati. Kim was terminated last week, and she was asked to come in, and she came in. This was, of course, long after our talk, uh, and then they took her badge from her. But Kim records conversations, and she's very well prepared, and she's very knowledgeable. And she recorded the conversation between her and the HR director and the CEO of the hospital. And I have to tell you, it's remarkably revealing. The audio is fantastic. I asked her specifically, do I have permission to play this? She said, absolutely, do it. There is no doubt that they were retaliating against her because she was refusing to wear the mask. Also because, again, they ignored her religious beliefs. And they ignored anything that she was telling them regarding the lack of validity regarding masks and, of course, flu shots. So what you're going to hear one of these individuals say, and if memory serves, he's the CEO, but he openly says that, uh, they, it, that their mask policy is in line with the flu shot. So if you don't have the flu shot, then you have to wear a mask. I can't tell you, and I'm sure she can't either, how asinine this is. And again, you're going to hear these two individuals, the CEO and the HR director, they say it almost in unison where they say, well, that's our policy. They sound like NPC robots. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're, they're interrupting her by saying the same thing at the same time. That's our policy. That's our policy. Their policy is killing people. Keep in mind, she's in a room with two fully jabbed individuals. They're fully jabbed. And again, I assume that one of the individuals is the HR director, but the other, the other person, I believe, is also the CEO. Again, Kim is not jabbed. She's not wearing a mask. She's not going to do it. And before I play this audio, I would say this. I would say, I would ask everybody to, to say a prayer for Kim because, again, she's a patriot of the highest order. She has, she has two children who are of school age. Um, she lives with her boyfriend. They live in the Dayton area. And they are patriots, without a doubt. They're patriotic people. They know exactly what's going on. She's arguably one of the more knowledgeable nurses that is still employed today. And these hospital systems don't seem to care that they could make exceptions for just about anybody anytime they wanted, but they're not thinking. None of these people are thinking. Again, they are only concerned with everybody following the exact same policy to a T. The sad part is, is that those policies are killing people. Those policies are increasing negative health effects among everyone. We all know this, of course. They don't. They don't. 
These are, these are individuals who are void of a conscience. They have no conscience. They are not thinking people. They are straight up just do what we say or else. And there, there or else is you losing your job. But with that said, it's only going to be a matter of time, probably within the next couple of months, where they're going to ask her back. They're probably going to ask her to come back. And the reason for that is, is because they're going to have a nursing shortage and a staffing shortage. They're forcing everybody to continue to take flu shots, ladies and gentlemen. All of her coworkers are taking flu shots. Or they're wearing a mask, which means they're depriving themselves of oxygen and poisoning themselves, or they're poisoning themselves via a needle. Now, you heard Kim say, again, on the previous episode when she was on last week, she openly said that the that the black nurses in her in her hospital don't take the shots. They wear the masks, and they shouldn't. But again, they're, they're completely well aware of what the shots are doing to people, and they want nothing to do with it. They aren't COVID-injected. They don't take the flu shots, nothing. What they all need to do, though, is stop wearing the masks. This is beyond ridiculous. It's beyond proven that the masks do nothing because illness is not transmitted through the air like this. And again, these individuals are not thinking people. These individuals were given all of the proof, all of the peer-reviewed articles, all of the documentaries. I emailed it directly to these people. And I did that again with Kim's permission. But these individuals, again, are breaking their own policy. They're breaking their own policy, and they're violating their own oaths, and they're breaking the law. And they just say, well, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're following policy, and we're following the law, and whatever else. And again, you're going to hear it here in the audio. It's astounding. But I commend, uh, I, I commend Kim. I have the utmost respect for this woman. She is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll be fully honest with you. Anybody who's been in a situation like this before, and I've been in these situations too, where you're in a room with HR or you're in a room with a person who's allegedly responsible for hiring you, it really does bring back a bunch of negative thoughts and uh, you know, sort of just squashed memories, so to speak, that come right back to the surface. Because again, like I said, if you've ever been in one of these rooms, you know what it's like being ganged up on by individuals who claim to care about other people and care about you and certainly in this line of work of nursing and the medical industry claiming to care about the well-being of everybody. And again, you're going to hear this this male voice in the room basically just look right at Kim and say, well, everybody's doing this, Kim. Every hospital has a policy like this. Everybody's doing it. He, he doesn't understand what's happening. He doesn't understand what any of this is. He doesn't get it. And he's not going to survive. He won't be alive in the future. He will be dead. He won't make it the next few years. He can't keep doing what he's doing, and these blind individuals can't keep doing what they're doing and expect to survive. But I'm glad she recorded it again. There were, you know, there were numerous conversations I wish I had had back in the education business that I had recorded and I didn't, but uh, she has the wherewithal to record it. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely astounding. So here it comes. It's about, uh, let me see, let me get you a timestamp. It's about 14 minutes long, give or take, maybe a little less than that. We'll see. But uh, give this a listen here in three, two, one. 
I'll catch back up with her right yeah, now. Yeah, she just said that she would talk to you when you got back. But Kim's here right now. Okay. Alright, cool. You shut that. Alright, so we just wanted to follow up, you know, from our last conversation, uh, make sure you're doing okay, um, and then kind of go from there. We wanted to touch base with you before you got here. Uh, we left you a voicemail. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened yeah. with that. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so Jen's on the line here, and then um, obviously Lauren's over here. Um, how are you feeling? Um, I'm still very concerned, yeah. um, and I don't know how to make that concern go away because those are significant safety signals. Um, I mean, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I mean, I feel the way that I feel. Right. So I guess from my standpoint, my question to you is, do you think that you're able to lead the floor as a house supervisor? Like, knowing what you know, knowing where our patients are at, knowing where our staff's at, um, enforcing the mask with the people that don't have the flu shot, um, do you feel that you're able to leave the floor? Well, I mean, that's what I've been doing. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to enforce a mask when I don't know what their religious standpoint is or what their medical standpoint is. That's none of my business. That's a HIPAA thing. But that's a job requirement as a leader. Well, I mean, so you're to enforce the mask when you know that people don't have the vaccine. But I don't know because it's medical information that's not that I'm not privy to. We provide a list yeah. to the house supervisors. So you're violating people's medical you're information. You don't know what they're. If you're giving me a list, you're providing me with their personal medical information. You're violating HIPAA. We're following our select policy. And your select you're policy is violating your own corporate policies. Okay. I mean, I don't know what you guys want me to do, but you're asking me just, to break I the law, and I'm not okay with that. I just told you what we So you're, to do. you're asking me to break the law. We're not breaking the law. You are breaking the law. No, That's we're a, following our policies from SLUT. And HIPAA, HIPAA is very clear, and you're breaking HIPAA. Uh, no, because every leader gets uh, who is vaccinated, who isn't vaccinated from every hospital. And you're not knowing but that is not their medical That history. is their medical history. Providing somebody with a medical Kim, procedure listen, is medical we're gonna, history. We're not going to continue to do this. Like, this is everywhere. Every hospital, every leadership team, you get how many people are vaccinated, what, vac what vaccination they have, what they're getting, and we have to enforce on the floor our policy. Our policy is that you wear a mask if you do not have the flu vaccine. Okay, well, I've already given you guys my religious beliefs and my religious exemption, and that's where I stand. I don't know what anybody else's but medical status is. That, well, I wasn't that submitting that to you because I was ex I was ex I was looking for acceptance. You have no right to accept or deny my religious beliefs. You have no right. And you, you have to wear a No, I don't have to do anything. It is in violation policy. of my religious beliefs. I don't care if it's your policy. Your policy violates your very own human rights policy on your corporate website. These are my religious beliefs, and you cannot force me to violate them for any reason. None. Okay, so we understand your viewpoints. It clearly we, doesn't we sound like it. At this point, we're going to have to take your badge. You're, so you're, you're, you're no, this is you discrimination and retaliation. No, no, this is absolutely. I have provided you with my religious beliefs, and you guys are you, no, no, you cannot deny my religious beliefs. That is against the law. Kim, we're not denying your religious beliefs, but we can't 
give you, you have to wear a mask because it's protecting really? other Really? Because corporate did not agree with that. Because I called the compliance and I reported all of you for what you're doing. Okay. So I guess we'll see what they have to say. That's fine. So if you send me home and you take my badge, it's considered retaliation. So I guess we'll go from there. It is. Yes, it is. It is absolutely retaliation. It's discrimination, retaliation, harassment. You're asking me to violate my religious beliefs, and you cannot by law do that. I understand your viewpoint. Do you? Okay. I do. Okay. But you have to wear a mask. It's... About your policy does not trump my personal religious beliefs. Other people. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting anybody in danger. As a matter of fact, have any of you guys ever read the flu vaccine package insert? Have you ever read it? It specifically says in there that there has been no clinical trials to show that it prevents transmission specifically says it so you really technically because of the way the immune system works whenever you get a vaccine you are physically shedding that disease for up to two weeks you as a vaccinated person are the one that are putting other people at risk i'm not putting anybody at risk because i have nothing inside of my body that's not supposed to be there i'm not sick so i'm not putting anybody at risk so your policy is backwards it's based on unscientific data and you're not even and you're not even paying attention to what the vaccine insert says it even specifically says that there is no data no data about anything that can happen to somebody after they refuse after they receive a flu vaccine with other vaccines it says it in the insert so if candace isn't even letting anybody know this information you guys are in some serious okay. issues i'm just that. letting you know we following following our policy i'm trying to protect select yeah. i'm doing my job yeah. i'm trying to collect staff i'm trying to protect patients absolutely because you know do you know where the ethical where medical ethics came from do you even know where that came from where they come they came from the end of World War II after the medical experiments were committed against people. Okay, so the entire world, all of the nations came together and said, you know what, these medical experiments were so egregious that we're agreeing this is never going to happen again. They signed a treaty. And do you know what that treaty is called? It's called the Nuremberg Code, which means that we are responsible as medical people to make sure that people have informed consent. All of those safety signals from the FDA, from the CDC, and also from the vaccine package insert is pertinent information that people have to be made aware of in order to give and make informed consent and when you are purposefully refusing to provide that information to your staff and your patients you are 100 financially liable for anything that happens to any staff member after this information was delivered to you okay thank you that is what you guys need to be aware of. Kim, are you able to go to the conference room for a minute because we're going to have to have a meeting i, I mean i'm sorry jen i didn't hear what you said you guys aren't going to force me to violate my religious beliefs or because of a policy. I'm sorry, that's not happening. If somebody else has their, no, their personal information is theirs. And if they're going to follow your guys's policy, that is on them. If they want to put on a mask because that's their policy, because they have no standpoint or viewpoint when it comes to mask use, that's a pair of, that is their decision. You know, you guys are harping on me, having to make other people make their own decisions. That's their decision, not mine. If you guys want to enforce that, that's on you. The largest study that has 179 citations, that one? Can I speak real quick? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback on my phone, so I just I want to make sure that you're, you're hearing me correctly and I'm hearing you correctly, okay? Like, so 
something you don't have. I have a half a box out in my car that I can provide too. Nothing, nothing, but it's irrelevant because it is my religious standpoint. You guys can enforce that to your other employees that don't have a religious belief all you want to, but you're not violating mine. We, you, I'm by sure. law, cannot. So time out, everybody. We, we have heard... This is where we're right. This is where we have difference of opinions. It's not the COVID. It's not the flu. Um, it's not any of that. What my issue right now is I need somebody to lead that's going to help me enforce what we have built in evidence at this point. And what our standards of care is, and I need someone to come out there and lead from that example. That's fine. I can enforce your policy for other people that don't have a firm religious belief, but you're not going to force it on me. Right. So obviously, we lead by example. Well, my religious beliefs are mine. They are not inclusive of everybody that works here. So what I believe is what I believe. Nobody else is, has to believe the way that I do. So Kim, we understand your belief. No, it doesn't sound like you do. No, it does sound like I do. No, it but doesn't. Also, we have a policy that we follow at Select. So it sounds so like you guys pick and choose which policies you want to follow. You're no, you're not allowed to work on the floor. Without a mask on, if you did not, you get your can't flu force me to do it when it violates my religious beliefs. And we met about this. I over don't. A month ago. You, and I mean, again, my religious beliefs it. are mine, and you cannot violate them. And we explained. And it why. wasn't for your acceptance or denial. I was simply informing you, and you guys knew I held religious religious beliefs when I submitted to you my COVID exemption. We. I was firm in that as well. But we explained to you that we are accepting this. It, it's not up for your acceptance it. or denial. You don't have a right to refuse it. Okay. Like, I, I have a, no understanding where you guys think you have a right to violate my constitutional amendment of religious freedom with, just because I'm your employee. Like, just because I'm your employee. And this is, again, no. This is, no. Yes, that is, is false information. I have nothing wrong with me. I am not a danger to any person on this unit. However, now your people that are vaccinated are because now they're all shedding, as are you. And as are you if you have been vaccinated because that is the nature of vaccines and that is the nature of the immune system. Because that's what happens. I am not a threat to anybody. I have nothing to give anybody. There is nothing coming out of my lungs that can affect anyone. 
at all. Yes, I do. Asymptomatic spread is not a thing. Okay, guys, guys, we're, we're, we've had this The largest case study now. that Stop. was ever done we've was in China. It had 10 million people involved. Now. And I have told you over and over, you so are not now, violating my religious I, I beliefs. I understand what you're saying. So now we are going to have to move on. Okay. We will need your badge, and okay. we will need you to go home, and we will follow up with you. Okay, okay well, I will give corporate a call again, okay, and I'll let them fine. know that you we are understand. violating my religious beliefs again. This is retaliation and discrimination, okay. so we, here you we go. We have a conversation with you. I, I appreciate everything you've done for me. No, you don't. You, you don't day. appreciate anything. Okay. Have and again, day. this is the reason that I specifically told you. I'm not an employee because you guys all like to think you okay. own people. You will not and cannot ever own me. Okay. Ever. So, Kim, Ever. What, what I've I reported need... you guys to the Board of Nursing because you are now intentionally okay. trying to cause Thank harm you. to your staff and so your patients. What I need so, therefore, is to gather your things, uh -huh. not say anything to anybody on the floor because that's not what's needed right now. Uh -huh. And then we will follow up with you today. Okay, so sure. stay by your phone. I would like to have a conversation with you again. Okay. But we do need to have a conversation with other people first. Okay? Sure. I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Have a good day. You too. I hate corporate people, don't you? I just hate them. I can't stand them. These kinds of people are the worst. They're not even people. They're just monsters. They don't even hear themselves talk. They don't listen. They think they're doing a good thing. You know, they're, they're licking the boot of the corporation. They're kissing the ass of the corporation, and they're stepping on very good people. They're stepping on people who are far more knowledgeable than they are, and they know it. The audio and again, what she what what Kim just recorded there is priceless. It's priceless for a variety of reasons. Again, I'm, I'm not even going to go through all the reasons because there's just too many. There's too many. They don't even read the package inserts on the flu shots. That was an open admission. None of them had a clue. They don't even know the history of any of any of the medical tyranny that's occurred over the course of a very long time. They have no idea. Now, again, the Nuremberg Code and the way that that was built, you know, there's a lot of debate on that. But the fact is, is that Kim is 100% right when it comes to them violating her religious beliefs and violating, again, HIPAA, because they're putting out all of these memos and all of these posters Again, in an effort to coerce people into taking shots by saying, well, look at all these nurses who have taken the shots. And they show this apparently on the floor inside of the hospital. So they're making all of that information available to everybody. So this person took the shots, but this person didn't. So if you get an opportunity to talk to this person about taking the shots, make sure you try to get them to do so. Again, I've read this, I've read the letters from even hospitals overseas on the episode when Kim was on, coming out of Wales. They said, we got to find other ways to get people to get injected. We have to keep finding ways. We have to keep motivating them. We have to keep coercing them and enticing them and making it easy for them to get. It can't get any easier to get a shot if you're inside of a hospital, but it has nothing to do with ease. They use the term ease of getting a shot to make it sound like it's difficult, but that's not what they mean. They mean they want compliance. They want compliance to be easier. And the way that they do that, of course, is by threatening to fire you and then cutting you loose because you won't inject yourself with poison. 
and then you won't wear a mask, which is going to poison you if you're not injected. Now, again, what they're also asking Kim to do, and she openly said it, she said, I'm not going to tell people to wear a mask when they don't want to take the shots. And she works around people who haven't taken the shots. She's openly stated that. So yelling at them to wear a mask on top of that is, I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. And you heard the woman on the phone. Again, if memory serves, the woman over the phone was either the HR director or something along those lines. But you heard her say, what makes your article better than mine when it comes to disproving mask usage? Well, what makes your article better than mine? Ladies and gentlemen, that isn't the scientific method. I mean, name-calling, you know, borderline name-calling. It's beyond childish. What the woman over the phone was basically doing is saying, no, 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 my article's better than yours is. I mean, who does that? Who flippin' does that? That's not, there's nothing scientific about that. There just isn't. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, again, what you heard in the audio and what Kim just recorded and brought to all of us, that's the American Medical Society in a nutshell. That's the world's medical establishment in a nutshell. And then again, the guy constantly saying over and over again, well, I I understand your viewpoint. I, I understand. All those corporate lines and the blank stare that he's probably giving her. His, his time is going to come. He's injected to the bone. Again, if he was asked to inject arsenic into his bloodstream and drink a cup of bleach, if Select Medical asked him to do that, he'd do it. That's how non-thinking these people are. They have no idea what they have done to themselves, their family members, their friends, and the people who work within that environment. And the brainwashed people, I might add, who actually go in there to receive any medical treatment. Because we're back at it now. Masks are back on 100% in almost every hospital now across the nation. They're back in full force. Which means these environments haven't learned a thing. The people who work within haven't learned a thing. The people at the top haven't learned a thing. They haven't learned anything. I don't know where else to take this. They just haven't learned anything. And what happens when you don't learn in a war? You end up dead. Kim will survive. They won't. And they will be responsible again, either in this life or the next for killing endless people with their so-called policy. I'm telling you, the people who tow the corporate line are an absolute abomination. They are the reason that we are in the situation that we are in. I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it. The Civil War is here. It's been here for a very long time. It's just coming to the surface, of course, to where people can see it. And people are living it and experiencing it. Any rational thinking human being in any situation like the one that Kim was in right there, anybody would want to ask her questions, arrive at a logical conclusion, which frankly would be something like, we understand 
what Select Medical's policy is. And Select Medical, again, is, is a hospital conglomerate. They're based out of Pennsylvania, but they have offices all over the place. But again, they act as if they can't make any exception or apply an exemption in her case or anyone else's case, and that's beyond ridiculous. Again, we've seen hospitals, again, kidnap people and say, well, you have to receive your treatment here, and here's the exact treatment you have to receive. Well, that's not true either. That's kidnapping. If a cancer patient is diagnosed with cancer, they have the right to leave the hospital and not take the hospital's cancer protocol. Because let's face it, it'll probably kill the person. And the cure for cancer is over the counter. But this, this again, is the entire establishment. None of them are learning. None of them are listening. And they're acting as if they can't make some kind of an exception to the rules, so to speak, regarding Kim when clearly they could. But they, they're not interested in that, as we all know. They just want compliance. They want everybody to do the same thing, look the same way, behave the same way. And it doesn't matter if they're all going off a cliff or not. And they're all going off a cliff. But I want to thank Kim again for, uh, for moving that audio my way so that everybody here could hear it. Because again, you, you, have to, you have to understand that this is just one case and this is happening in probably every single hospital on a consistent basis all across the world. And they can't understand why they're short-staffed, and they can't understand why, they're, why they're, the workers who are remaining are sick all of the time. And they can't understand for the life of them why nurses want more pay and why they're overworked. It's because of the decisions that they're making. I want to move to this very quickly. Again, this was just the other day, but it, it, this particular article is titled, Here We Go, California Reinstates Mask Mandates, Bay Area Counties Implement Mandatory Face Coverings Through March. Why? They know nothing. They have no idea what they're doing, and they're claiming now that it's to limit the spread of RSV, the flu, and COVID. None of these things exist. <laughs> they don't even exist. They're not even real. Kim said it. If you've injected yourself with this, you're shedding on people. Kim's the most healthy person in that room. She's the most healthy person in that hospital. And she called him out straight up. She said, if you injected yourself with this, you're shedding on people. You're making yourself sick and the people around you sick. I'm not sick. And they actually tried to justify asymptomatic spread. Well, you don't know you're not sick. These people still believe that bullshit. This article goes on. It says, this month, Santa Clara County decided that everyone, patients, caregivers, and healthcare providers alike, must don the all-too-familiar face mask in public patient care areas in hospitals, clinics, and long-term care facilities. This directive is not for a week or a month, but for the entire winter respiratory virus period. Ladies and gentlemen, if that becomes policy across the board on a year-in and year-out basis, there aren't going to be any more nurses anymore. There won't be any more doctors. They'll all be dead. And let's face it, they're killing themselves again, not just with their own policies, 
but they're following through with every single new shot. I saw a woman the other day, I want to say, God, I don't know if she worked for Canada or what. She was a Chinese woman, but she spoke English and she was either here in the States or in Canada. And she said, well, I'm ready for my, I'm ready for my flu shot. She said, I'm getting my COVID shots every six months, like everybody's supposed to, but I'm ready for my, I'm ready for my flu shot now. If she takes those injections, she'll be dead. No sweat off my brow. That's fine. Adios. But Kim's going to survive. These people continuing to follow these policies and this depopulation agenda will not survive. And you say that to these people and they have no flippin' idea. They have no clue. They don't know why their health insurance is going up. They can't make that connection, even from a basic business standpoint. Here's a text message I got from AJ the other day. Again, these people in California, I'll tell you what, and these Walgreens, I mean, honest to God, people still taking these flipping shots. They're still killing themselves. Listen to this. I'm shocked this woman isn't glowing with how many shots she's taken. He texted me this. He said, quote, white woman in line at Walgreens, mid-50s, got the flu shot. Now she wants COVID shot. This will be her sixth COVID jab. First five were two Moderna, three Pfizer. Doesn't care if sixth is from Moderna or Pfizer. She tells pharmacy worker the Moderna was better for Omicron. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's just too funny. Do you believe this? Do you believe this shit? He said no point trying to talk her out of it. Too far gone. I just sent back the big-eyed emoji. You know, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to say here. Honest to God. This is not uh ladies and gentlemen. Six deep and flu shots. Six deep. They must have grown a third arm. They have to have grown a third eye. There, I mean, there's a thousand other things taking place with this person. They've clearly lost their minds. They're clearly going to be dead within a matter of, oh, I don't know, minutes, probably. Can you imagine that? Yes, we can, as it turns out. <laughs> as it turns out we can imagine it. People are doing this still. I got to get back to this article. It's, it's, uh, it's beyond ridiculous. Again, it says healthcare officials are signaling residents to stock up on rapid COVID tests. And it doesn't end there. The federal government under the Biden regime has brought back the program that offers free COVID tests, and since September 21st, customers have been eligible to request a shipment of four rapid at-home tests through the United States Postal Service site. You've got to be kidding me. And of course, as we know, the hospitals are still administering these fake tests that are predetermined, have been recalled by the FDA and tests for nothing. I, it's a lie wrapped in a lie on top of a lie. Uh, this is, again, this is just, it's, it's all happening again. It's all happening again. All right, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, th there, were, there was the talks again of a few months back of, of all of this was going to come back. And uh, 
it was going to hit the hospitals and then the working environments and then, you know, corporations and everything else outside of the medical industry yet again. I'm telling you what, we're, we're you know, five, six days here into November and it's already coming back. So again, if you're working in those environments, buckle up. It's only a matter of time before that email shows up. We would like everybody to do this because of the spread of COVID and flu and all of those are around on a constant basis. I mean, people, you know, I don't know. I'm seeing this comment more and more, I might add. I'm seeing more and more people say that, you know, basically what I've said on the show here, these jab people have got to go. They have to go. These individuals, again, are responsible for so much death and destruction, and they have no idea. But they're making policy and they're making procedure and they're firing people and destroying people's lives. They got to go. Keep taking the shots as far as I'm concerned. Keep, keep it up. Just a little clarification here, too, regarding the individuals that were in the room with, uh, with Kim there. She said that the HR woman was the woman in the room that you could hear clearly. And she said that the CNO was the woman who was on the phone. And then the guy is the CEO, and he was in the room. Well, they're not going to make it. They're all jabbed, and they're finished. So if I was them, those three, I'd get my affairs in order. They certainly are running out of time. There's no doubt about that. Let me hit you with this other article here. I'm just going to do all the jab stuff here right up front, and I'll get into the education stuff a little bit later, and then a few election-related things as well. This was from ABC News, and again, this one was bouncing around last week and even the week before. Rather hilarious, and their word usage is beyond funny. It's titled, Getting Flu and COVID Shot Together Still Reasonable Amid Safety Review of Potential Stroke Risk, Say Experts. Experts urged results were preliminary and may be explained by other factors. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's other things. It's other factors. Not eating your vegetables, uh, you know, being a couple pounds overweight, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Nonsense. Never before in the history of the world have human beings injected themselves with more poison on a constant basis, and they can't for the life of them figure out why they're always sick and or dead. They just can't figure it out. But don't worry, it's still reasonable to get both the COVID and the flu shot at the exact same time. Both things don't exist. There's no such thing as the flu. No such thing as COVID. These are symptoms brought about by injectable poison. That's it. That's it. Here's another article. This is from the expose on November 3rd. Pfizer, FDA, and fact checkers lied when they said toxic graphene oxide was not inside the COVID-19 vaccine, according to federal court-ordered published documents. Oops. You mean the medical industry lied? You mean the people who created the depopulation poison lied about what's in it? Shocking. Absolutely shocking. But don't worry, the CNO and the CEO and HR in Christ Hospital there for Select Medical, they'll be fine. They'll be 100% fine. They're the exception to all of this poison. Yes, they've taken all of it, but hey, they'll be all right. They feel fine. 
honest to God, when I heard that woman over the phone say, you don't know if you're not sick, you don't know if you're not spreading anything to Kim, I had an immediate flashback to January of 2021 when I was inside of, uh, it could have been February, whatever it was, it was one of those two months, when I was inside of this art gallery trying to get a, a, a print of mine framed. And the frame guy looks at me and goes, I'd feel a whole lot more comfortable if you were wearing a mask. I said, you got to be kidding me. He goes, man, you could be sick and not know it. I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, so I'm not going to wear a mask. Does that mean you're not going to mat and frame this print? He goes, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. Okay, have a nice day. And I've never been back. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he's still alive for some reason. I'm shocked. Shocked he's alive. I have to mention this too. And, you know, this is interesting. This is one of those aspects that, you know, these so-called policy followers in these hospitals cannot comprehend for the life of them. If the shots that they're claiming people need to take in order to do X, Y, Z, because notice again in that audio that you heard from Kim, not a single one of them said anything about the positive impacts of the shots. I mean, I didn't hear him say it. I didn't say, well, it prevents the spread. They could have said something stupid like that, but I didn't hear it. What's interesting is, is that they don't know that there are endless medical doctors all over the world publishing articles talking about how to detox from these shots. Not just COVID shots, but even flu shots. Any of these shots now that have all of this nanotechnology in them. That alone should tell them that if you have to write an article about detoxing, that means you're toxifying yourself with these shots. But again, according to whoever that was, the, the, the CNO, that individual on the phone, well, how do you know your article's better than mine? Well, it's false equivalency. You can't have articles that exist talking about detoxing from a thing that you're taking that is toxic. That, by definition, means that the thing you're taking, that they're telling you to not take, to detoxify yourself from, if you've taken it, is in fact toxic. That's what that means. But again, these are not thinking people. These are order followers. There is this particular article from Peter McCullough, again, not a huge fan of his for a variety of reasons, but Brian Proctor and uh, Cade Wynn. It is titled, Clinical Rationale for SARS-CoV-2 Base Spike Protein Detoxification in Post-COVID-19 and Vaccine Injury Syndromes. Hello, McFly. <laughs> the simple fact that this article exists, published in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. Come on. It's about natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin. Bromelain, it says 500 milligrams is what you should take. Natokinase, uh, let's see, 2000 FU, and curcumin, 500 milligrams. And apparently you should take this daily. And they list other things too. But again, the people that run these hospitals have no idea that those articles exist. Many of the nurses have no idea that those articles exist. 
And certainly, the patients entering these hospitals who are jabbed and wearing masks, along with everybody else, they have no idea that these articles exist about removing the toxins from your body that you have injected yourself with in the first place. Not a clue. It's just, it's beyond heartbreaking. Okay, speaking of heartbreaking, I'm going to run through Dr. Mackis's, uh substack here very quickly. A um, few headlines here. This one, ironically enough, out of Lakeland, Florida. I've got some family there. Summer of Died Suddenly. It is titled, Teenagers aged 13 to 19 are still dying suddenly at all-time highs. 60 deaths since July of 2023. No one is protecting these kids. The picture that he has here is a Julia Black, 16 years old, was a junior at Harrison School for the Arts and a member of the Lakeland High School varsity volleyball team. It says the following here very briefly. It says, High school junior Julia Black, 16, played in a varsity volleyball game on Wednesday and attended all of her classes on Friday, then suddenly, inexplicably, was gone. Holt County Fire Rescue was dispatched to the teen's home at 8.23 p.m. on Friday for a medical assistance call. However, paramedics were unable to revive her. Uh, in Black's obituary, it says her family said that she suffered from cardiac arrest caused by a pericardial infection. Well, was she jabbed? Sure she was. Sure she was. That's the reason. But, again, are people saying this? Do the parents even know? Was she pressured to take the shot from, from her parents? Did she take it because she thought that she was actually helping herself and helping the people around her and keeping grandma safe and all those other lies that are told on a constant basis? Here's another one. Maybe this is one, again, that the old uh, select medical Christ hospital employees should pay attention to. Title, Summer of Died Suddenly, Doctors, COVID-19 Vaccinated. Dying suddenly around the world. Deaths are younger now. Here are 60 doctors aged 20 to 59 from June to October of 2023. There are their pictures anyway. So, there you have it. What is it that these people cannot see or listen to? I mean, we know that the shots are causing brain damage. We know that they cause cognitive decline. And even Kim brought it up with the pineal gland. It has to be calcifying, if not completely destroying the pineal gland. These individuals do not think anymore. They're incapable of thinking. Again, I, I, it, it blows me away in that audio that, that she sent that we all just listened to. When you're hearing the HR director and the CEO say the same thing at the same time in response to Kim which is actually not the response they should have to what she is saying. They should be asking her more questions. They should be inquiring a little bit more as to what it is that she knows and how they can help bring that to the entire hospital. But that's not happening. In unison, they said, well, that's our policy. But that's our policy. It's astounding. So there you go. That's the jab stuff here. That's, that's what I've got. Let me bounce into the education-related stuff here, and I think, again, I brought this up on Friday's show, but uh, I, I, I want to revisit this because I received a, a message from a listener of the show who's been listening for quite some time, and they actually have a lot of professional experience 
with this particular episode, but you may recall that I brought up um, an email that was shot out to a number of different students on Miami University's campus regarding one of their uh, dormitory hall, whatever you want to call it. It was called, uh, you know, a spooky sex meeting that was taking place in the basement of of Emerson Hall. Let me just revisit this story again here. This is from the Miami student. It was titled "Miami University Receives Backlash." From Emerson Hall's spooky sex email. It says on October 29th, the community manager of Emerson Hall, a first year dorm at Miami University, sent out an email containing provocative wording to advertise a safe sex education event. The email made it into the Libs of TikTok's account on X, formerly Twitter, and it went viral overnight. Uh, The community manager did not respond to the Miami student's request for comment. Cole Graham, a first-year business analytics major, said that he didn't relate to the backlash around the event, but could see where it was coming from. Uh, Let's see. He wasn't the only student to react to the email. Another first-year undecided major was initially confused when he read it. He thought she spelled certain words wrong by accident. Well, then you're an idiot. You don't spell the word come by accident. You don't accidentally spell it (laughs) C-U-M. What is wrong with these people? These students, I'll tell you what, they're probably jabbed too. Let's see. Quote, I was shocked that they would actually send that out to us, Haynes said. I'm not going to lie. I think that it was weird. Posted a statement, blah, blah, blah. By Friday, the university's Instagram post with the statement had received nearly 600 comments from current students, alum, and others. And the statement on X received more than 100 comments. Again, the student, Miami student, reached out to Rob Abowitz, the associate director of resident life, who did not immediately respond for comment. No one's commenting. Well, here's what the listener of the show had to say. And they have an exquisite comment here. I'm going to leave all identifying markers out of this. They said the following. They said, Hi, Sean. I've been listening to your podcast since 2020. I learned of you from watching, quite frankly. My name is Blank, and I worked in university housing and residence life for 13 years before I saw the light. uh, 2006 to 2019. When I started in the field over a decade ago, we were more like house parents, quote-unquote, helping students deal with roommate conflicts, underage drinking, homesickness, and study tips. They said then around 2008, this huge push for diversity, quote-unquote, began. First, the focus was on racial diversity, including making sure that your RA staff was diverse, quote-unquote. Then the focus turned to sexual minorities. By the time I moved into doing housing assignments in 2016, students could basically live with whoever they wanted to, regardless of their gender. They then say where they used to work, it was a nightmare. They said, as a Christian, I couldn't in good conscience force biological men wearing wigs and false nails into rooms with unsuspecting females. That's what finally pushed me over the edge and I couldn't take it anymore. No matter what concerns I raised with my supervisor, nothing worked. I was constantly overruled. They said the stories I could tell you about, transgenderism and university housing. When I left higher ed in the spring of 2019, sexual diversity, quote-unquote, trumped all else. Race, religion, disability. Nope. 
If you are gay or trans, you will always be preferred. Anyways, I heard your story about the Sex in Emerson event at Miami. Unfortunately, this is very common in university residence halls. Residence life employees are encouraged to do these types of educational programs, quote-unquote, in their residence halls. It doesn't matter the race of the employee. They wouldn't be fired for doing this. In fact, their higher-ups are probably encouraging these types of events. When I worked in housing, this type of stuff happened all the time. I don't know about any events where students won sex toys, but we were encouraged to bring in speakers from Planned Parenthood to talk about sex positions and pass out condoms and lube. That is commonplace in university residence life departments. If you have any questions or comments, uh, want to talk further about my experience, please let me know. Yeah. Thank you for the email. I emailed them back. I said, you're welcome to come on the show. And they have an open invitation to do so. And again, you know, I'll be honest, in retrospect, it doesn't surprise me that the higher-ups would push something like this. It, it, it really doesn't. I mean, nothing shocks me at this point. So protecting her is, uh, is certainly the game that they want to play. And one of the other games, of course, that they play is they make sure to never reach out to other individuals to explain their side of things because they know eventually it'll just go away. Again, just like the Miami student just said there, the, you know, the university newspaper just said, well, we reached out for comment and they couldn't be reached. They know that news moves quickly and they also know that it moves so fast that if there's bad press, all they have to do is just not comment and eventually people will just forget about it. That's kind of the sad part, but that's, you know, that's the reality of it and it is beyond ridiculous. But there you go. Okay. Again, thank you very much for the email. Sounds like a horrible experience to say the least. Got a few more uh, horrible experiences here, too. Got a listener of the show again who comes from Virginia and teaches in a university there, which will go unnamed up to this point in time. But they said uh, that they've just received another flyer from their university encouraging everybody to take the shots. It says, good afternoon. Appointments are still available for the last on-campus flu shot clinic for faculty, staff, spouses, no other dependents, it says, and retirees. It says other vaccines available include COVID shingles, pneumococcal uh, hepatitis B, and the D, or I'm sorry, Tdap, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis to receive either vaccine open, uh, the attached flyer, and use the QR code. Here's what they said in an email, too. They said in their department, uh, a colleague in their psych department, yes, most are, most are atheists, Got her flu shot last week, and she is still sick. They are all so jabbed. Students are dropping like flies, seeing some mask-wearing nonsense, unquote. Yes, it is certainly coming back. And yeah, isn't it weird? These people just can't put two and two together. They can't, for the life of them, figure out why they keep taking shots and why they keep getting sick. You know, there was, there was this also too, and, and this doesn't help things, uh, you know, certainly not understanding the very foundation of the truth here before you put out some kind of a survey or some kind of a poll. But last week, Rasmussen Reports put out a poll asking a number of different questions regarding, again, the shots and do you know people who are ill and et cetera, et cetera. One of the questions said, do you know someone who died from the COVID-19 virus? Now, again, there is no COVID-19 virus. There's just the shots that are killing people, 
And then, of course, the fake tests that are administered that people believe are real, and then the hospital policy that was killing everybody. So 47% said yes to that question, that yes, they personally know someone who died from the COVID-19 virus. Well, that's not true. They didn't die from any virus. They died from being shed on from other people taking a poisonous shot of some kind. Again, whether it was back in 2019 and they took the flu shot or it was any shot that they took after that. And then, of course, it was the hospital policy that killed them. It wasn't some COVID virus or a COVID-19 virus. 49% of the individuals said no, and then 4% said not sure. Again, you know, the basis of the question is just wrong, and therein lies the problem here. These kinds of things are being perpetuated as if they're fact, and they clearly aren't. But that's clear to us anyway. Okay. Again, more, uh, more university-related stuff here. This, too, again, is from our Virginia University source here. They said the following. They said, I'm not familiar with the inner workings of Radford, which is one of the universities that exists in, uh, in Virginia. And that was the school, again, that was offering free tuition, basically, for anybody whose parents were making less than $100,000 who live within the state themselves. They said that uh, they were going to bring that up to their department this coming week. They said it sounds like a big deal and it would affect my school because we're sort of level acceptance rate with them, which is rather high. They said at my school, the first three years you have to live on campus and it's part of the school experience, quote unquote, and they want, that they want students to have. Ha, they said. There was a big uproar over it and students in my classes told me about it. This was fall of 2022. They changed it. Used to be only freshmen, I believe. They spent a lot of renovations and new construction of huge dorm buildings. They said it's all a joke. I think it will all house illegals one day and give them free education and beautiful new sports facilities to boot. A small town for them with all the needs met. They then said many students are now getting very ill. One of my students was headed home this weekend for a flu shot, and I was so happy I had the new info to tell her about to not do it. Well, that's good news. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they didn't take it. That would, be, that would be a good thing. They said I had to get an exemption for, my, for, for myself. They then forced the unjab to have weekly COVID tests at the health center on campus. I would have been outed. Plus, that's dangerous nonsense. I said nope and had to do another exemption. I was ready to leave. I would have never done either. I have finally convinced my elderly parents to stop taking all the damn shots. I'm a real small minority in my family and friends. With my family and friends, many are dropping dead and getting turbo cancers. It sickens me. Let's keep fighting the good fight. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not stopping. It really isn't stopping and these people again you know, they read an email, they hear a suggestion, the university says you need to do this, and we want you to stay safe, so you need to do this, and they just do it. They just blindly go along with it. It blows me away. They also sent me this. This was another college in Virginia, which is now offering reduced tuition also as a result of their shrinking pool of potential applicants, it says. This is Ferrum College. Ferrum will reduce tuition by $10,000 starting fall of 2024. 
The reduction will be available for new and returning students in an ongoing effort to attract a shrinking pool of potential applicants. And as it turns out, it looks like Ferrum College has lost at least a third of its student population over the course of the last 10 years. It says Ferrum had about 1,500 students 10 years ago, but enrollment has dropped to less than 1,000. For the fall of 2023, the college enrolled an estimate of 784 students. It says several small schools in southwest Virginia have reduced or reset tuition in recent years, including Randolph College, University of Lynchburg, and Sweet Briar College. It says Roanoke College, which has doubled, which has double rather the student body of Ferrum, reduced tuition by 30% at the start of the 2022 academic year. That reduction of about $10,000 landed its tuition at about $36,000 per year. These are these are the first ones to go. You know, these small colleges and universities are the first ones to go. They're they're going to try to do whatever they can to stay afloat. Again, all these tuition moves that they're making makes makes complete sense, but they're killing their population. So, congratulations for reducing your tuition cost, but you're still forcing shots on people. Don't forget to get your latest COVID jab. Don't forget to get your flu shot right in your eyeball at the exact same time. They have no idea that they're burning the candle at both ends here. Not a clue. Now, I want to mention this story, too. This is interesting also. And again, it ties into things that I've said in the past, in particular, again, when it comes to the education collapse and the constant dumbing down of, of course, what they call their you know standardized protocol and their testing protocol and a thousand other things. Now, again, we know that they're not teaching the truth. So curriculum aside for just a minute. We fully understand, again, that K-12 schools and even universities aren't wanting to participate in any of the ACT or SAT testing by any stretch. But one of the things that they've always done is that if students don't have enough credits to graduate from high school, what they will do, and I've actually seen this actually take place on the last day of school, is they will sit them down in front of a computer. And again, it's usually a giant clerical error, which is why the student uh, thinks that they have graduated and only to find out on the last day of school that they haven't, in fact, graduated. This happens with regularity, I should say. But what they'll have them do is they'll go into a computer lab and they'll sign into a particular state-run program that basically gives them the credit that very day. So they don't have to be in class for an entire semester or even an entire year for one subject because they don't want that one student coming back for just one class. So they'll have them sit down at a computer, they'll bang around on a computer for six hours, and then they go home and presto changeo, they've graduated. But this particular story comes from our business friend in Michigan, and they said the following. They said, last night, my son told me his high school switched the grading system to standardized, quote unquote, for English class. His English class is his normal class, quote unquote. The rest are the rest of his classes are AP and college. Said my son was saying that the new grading system is completely rigged to pass kids who do absolutely nothing. She said all they have to do to get a C is wait until the last week of the semester and pass one test. Do you know anything about this? Uh, she asked and then says that. He's exceptionally frustrated because it's unfair to kids like him who get a 4.0 because they try. Yeah, 
It, it most certainly is. And again, I replied to them with basically what I just said here at the very beginning, that it's not, it's not uh, you know, it's unfortunately not common. And this is one of those things that is happening more and more. And again, the reason, and there are actually multiple reasons for it, but one of them is because the teachers themselves don't speak very good English either. And they don't speak English well. And they certainly, of course, would find it hard then to actually teach English properly. Because if they can't speak it properly, well, teaching it would be next to impossible because the questions wouldn't match up with anything that they're hearing in the classroom itself. Now, you take those elements and you combine it with the fact that we have younger generations who can't speak English fluently, even though that their parents are English and that they were born here and they're all American and whatever else. But then you add in the illegal element, and that, of course, even complicates things further. So yeah, they have to dumb down the grading system and the testing system in order to push these students through because it's just going to block up the entire system. So I don't know. Hopefully they end up you know, having their son online learn. I'm not saying that that's necessarily all that uh, intensive per se, but it just kind of depends on, again, what the person is interested in going to school for. And then, of course, what it is that they're interested in studying and it actually has more to do with what they do in their free time. If they're continuously learning and, and reading and investigating in an online environment, there are no restrictions. Not to mention, you have more of an ability in an online environment to manage your time. You can stand up and walk away from it. You can put it down. You can turn it off. You can turn it back on at another time. It's not, it's not, the, you know, it's not the same as a brick-and-mortar environment where you have to wake up early, of course, and then get on a bus and then take a bus to a brick-and-mortar building and sit in a room and listen to some person you know, claim that they know what they're talking about, only to then turn around, walk out, get back on a bus, go back home. You know, it doesn't work that way. I mean, that, that's the way it works in those environments, but we shouldn't be shocked that there isn't a lot of learning taking place there. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents. But uh, they continued, and they sent me another unrelated email here. Slips right into a little bit of the uh, jab talk along with the smart meters also. They said, my buddy just told me that he got home from work yesterday and his gas was off, no heat. Uh, note on his door saying, quote, congratulations, you have a new smart meter. You won't have this utility tonight, but we will be out tomorrow between 7 a.m., to 12 p.m. to activate your new meter, and service will be restored instantly. Smart meters, I'll tell you what, that right there too, that's remarkably nefarious. Showing up, again, at an unannounced time to just replace your regular meter with a smart meter. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You have a radioactive device attached to your house now that's emitting electromagnetic radiation on you and all throughout your walls. It's just nuts. Again, the fact that they could do that without even telling the person in advance or even asking seems remarkably uh, ridiculous. But she later said that apparently this guy seems to believe that the smart meters are a good thing. They said that uh, his house and all of his appliances inside of his house, even the light bulbs, are all smart bulbs and smart devices and things of that nature. Said it's sad how some people are just, or it's sad how asleep some people are. I asked, of course, if he was jabbed. She said, yeah, uh, he's jabbed, and a crazy story there, he's only 35 and healthy. He's one of the thousands who developed a new symptom called glass tongue, quote-unquote. He said it makes your mouth feel like thousands of paper cuts. It's so painful you can't eat. 
He lived off of slim fast shakes to survive for three months. The symptoms disappeared, then came back last Christmas. His doctor is baffled. Totally normal, healthy dude got two jabs and hasn't been the same since. Unquote. Good God. <laughs> Unbelievable. These stories are just incredible, I think. I just find them fascinating. And again, the people that are experiencing all of this, again, whether it be the collapsing education system or the jabs and, and you know, just, just the constant chaos here, they, they just aren't making any of the connections that all of this is being done on purpose. They can't imagine that this would be done on purpose. They just think, well, it's, a, it's an accident or it's you know, a set of circumstances as a result of some elected officials, but not all. It's a giant coordinated plan. It's all connected. One thing clearly leads to another. But endless people just can't see it. They just can't see it. And they're making just ridiculous excuses for why things are the way that they are, why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. It's just nuts. Let me mention this here, too. Again, I'm just going to wrap up with a couple of education-related subjects here and, of course, the, the election. What I'm going to do again regarding Wednesday's episode is I'm going to record Wednesday's episode very early Wednesday morning, try to bring as much election information as I can to bear, and then I'll air it a little bit later in the day. So Wednesday's episode is going to be a little bit later. So my apologies on that. But uh, yeah, certainly get out there and vote harder, everybody, because pressing on the button as hard as you possibly can is going to make a difference. I mean, I'm certain that there's not voter fraud everywhere, and there clearly isn't. But there's certainly a lot of electioneering that's taking place. School board members finding their ways onto the parking lots of schools. That's a constant thing that happens in the area where I live. These, these idiots always show up and stand in the parking lots and shake hands with people as, you know, right as they're walking in to go vote. You can't do that. It's completely illegal. And I wish that uh, people would call the cops on these dumbasses for, for doing the things that they're doing and shoo them off of the property. If they're there to vote, great, but then they have to leave. Go home. But again, in the state of Ohio, we've got two issues on the ballot. Uh, one of them has to do, again, with the legalization of recreational use of marijuana. And then the other has to do with legalizing abortion. I hope both of these fail for rather obvious reasons. I am not participating in the depopulation program. But there are some people who are willing to vote right into it and vote for it, voting for their own destruction. Voting for higher taxes, voting for more crime, again, the brainwashing is just too thick here. It's, it's just far too thick. Um, let me mention this too again, you know, big school board election taking place in the town where I live. I, I, I frankly could care less. The school system is going to collapse one way or another. But there are two issues that are consistently talked about with regularity within the school district. And one of them, of course, has to do with the elimination of busing. They eliminated buses, and they didn't do it because they couldn't afford it. They did it because they are engaging in retribution and retaliation for all of the individuals who attend the school district and did not vote to pass the last levy, which was on last year's ballot. It failed miserably by at least 3,000 votes. And again, board members themselves, in particular the president, Pat Mead, openly stated in meetings behind closed doors that uh, he was going to make people pay. 
that he and the district would make people feel the pain as a result of not passing the levy and and we will punish them for for their insolence but again these people are so brainwashed when it comes to those kinds of messages they can't possibly consider that a school board would scheme like that and do something like that on purpose in order to again get back at the voters for not passing a ridiculous levy which of course would raise everybody's property taxes and in the county where I live those property taxes are going up by at least 37%. I've been over that before but no one's going to vote for a levy. It's I mean it'll never happen. It's certainly not on the ballot this time around but there's no way anybody votes for it the next time around. Which also means of course you can't vote for the school board members that want levies on ballots. You can't do that. The other sad part is that these people are consistently losing employees. They're losing bus drivers constantly. They're losing other staff workers on a consistent basis, like food staff workers and, uh, or food service workers, rather, and custodians on a constant basis. And in one of these articles recently here in the local Tri County newspaper, they were highlighted as basically saying that. The superintendent of this school district seems to believe, again, that they're all leaving because of low pay within the district. Well, that certainly has something to do with it, but at the exact same time, it's the constant lying that goes on. See, these individuals in these positions can't possibly think that they are responsible for why people leave. Again, the school board president himself actually said this in a school board meeting. He once said that anybody who doesn't like Talawanda, or any former student who doesn't like Talawanda as a school district, as a K-12 school district, must have flunked out of Talawanda. And that's the only reason that they wouldn't like it, is because they flunked out. This is the wavelength of thought among these idiots. This is what they think. Again, school boards have to get rid of all of these people that were in during this entire COVID lie. Every single one of them has to go. You've heard me say that you could put up a bag of sand on the on the election ballot, you know, running in in place of one of these people. The bag of sand should win. Because again, the position is useless, which means the people who hold said position are equally as useless. Now there are three incumbents that are on the ballot in the town where I live. Uh three new people running for those same positions. If anybody votes for the same three people that have been responsible for the destruction of the entire school district, uh, trying to put levies on the ballots, continuing to advocate for those, if you vote for those people, you're a brain-dead moron. It's that simple. Now, I'm not saying that the people that want the position are the sharpest knives in the drawer. They clearly aren't. I've played the audio and gone over it here on the show before. Not a word about the quote-unquote COVID lie. Not a word about the child abuse. Not a word about the sexual harassment of students at the hands of a middle school business teacher. Not a peep. But again, the superintendent of the district would lead everybody to believe that, well, it's just, it's all about money. And that's the reason why people are leaving is, is because it's about money. One of the middle school, out, or well, he is the outgoing middle school uh, principal. He makes $98,000 a year. He's finishing out the rest of his contract, which is up in May. This, this upcoming May, and he's being let go because, again, he decided to basically take a kid's cell phone 
not give it back to him, and then send him home to walk home instead of calling for a ride. And the kicker, of course, in that situation was the kid lived on the other side of town. He lived on the opposite side of town, multiple miles away, many miles away, as a matter of fact. But they're keeping him around for the end of the year. Again, why would you do that? Why would you keep around a principal who you've openly said isn't going to work in your district at the end of the academic year, but you're keeping him around for the last five to six months? When clearly he engaged in something that is a fireable offense. He broke procedure without a doubt. Fire him. But they don't want to because they don't want to, they, they don't want to pay an empty position and they don't want to fill an empty position. There's another reason why they don't. And this is one of those reasons that usually doesn't get discussed very often. They don't want to cut him loose and someone like him or someone in a position like that, they don't want to cut him loose because they're afraid that the entire building and everybody who works within is going to find out that school buildings don't need principals. Because if the position remains vacant and he's not there anymore, what's going to happen? Well, the assistant principals pick up the slack, and there's, there's usually one. Okay, so what? See, in an instant, the entire building ends up finding out that they all get to breathe a little bit easier because the dumbass who is in charge isn't there anymore. And at the exact same time, they realize, wait a minute, we've been paying this dumbass $98,000 a year to do nothing because we're operating 100% fine without him around and without the position even being filled. But they don't want to send that message. They have to make it look as if every building has to have a school principal no matter what. It's completely ridiculous. It's frankly no different than any of these other programs and uh, you know committees that get put together within all of these school districts that have just popped up within the last 10 plus years. All of the diversity, equity, and inclusion and social-emotional learning bullshit. All of that stuff doesn't need to exist. It all costs money. It all takes time. It's all a waste of time and a waste of money, but they think that they have to live with it now when in fact they've lived without it for so long. It didn't even used to exist. And again, I brought that up in a previous episode when I was going over that specific board meeting where these two nitwits stood up at the microphone and were talking about how they need to hire more diverse educators. They need to hire more diverse administrators. In this article about the school district's finances, they actually propose that at the end of the article as if that is the solution to their financial woes, is by hiring more diverse people, quote-unquote. I don't even have the words to describe the stupidity in that. They actually think that, or at least the person who wrote the article actually thinks that. That's retarded. Not hiring white people, which is what diversity, equity, and and inclusion means. It means not hiring white people isn't going to fix any of your problems. The problems, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, in American education are too thick, too deep, too broad, whatever words you want to use. There's just too much of it, too many problems, and they're all wrapped in a giant burrito of lies. And there's no escaping. There's no escaping it. These people have no idea how to fix the problems that they themselves created when the easiest answer is you just reverse the thing that you've implemented. If you've implemented something, then don't do it anymore and watch what happens. Again, 
it, it ties back into so many other issues that I've brought up here on the show. The mental and emotional state of the entire business itself is a mental institution. It's designed to be that way now. They, they're all clamoring for more mental health, mental health this, mental health that. What are we possibly going to do without a counselor? Well, we have to cut a counselor to make ends meet financially. So what are we possibly going to do? The students in that building are going to suffer. They'll all suffer because there's not a counselor there. Give me a break. Your average middle school doesn't need five flipping counselors. They just don't. Your average high school doesn't need that many counselors either. Most students don't talk to counselors. They don't, they don't even know who their, what their names are half the time. But I'll just end with this. If you keep voting for the same people that are buying all of these lies, and frankly, I'm going to pat myself on the back here, if they're not saying the kinds of things that I've been saying on this show, then they're giving themselves away as being completely brainwashed and totally out of touch. Now, you know me, I'm an abolitionist. I want the whole thing to crumble to the ground. I don't want anybody saving the American K-12 education business. I don't want people to save it, prop it up on sticks, hold that house of cards up any more than they can. And let me give you an example very quickly that sort of proves this point, that there is a giant conservative apparatus that continues to, again, try to prop up this system. I saw an audio clip the other day. And it was Megyn Kelly and Adam Carolla. And Adam Carolla, I think, was on Megyn Kelly's show. And again, I'm not sure how old this clip was, but they were talking about California schools and how basically Gavin Newsom was lying about keeping some schools open and saying that at the local level, they, you know, lots of California schools at the K-12 level was, were still open and not all of them closed, which is a lie as far as I know. I don't think there were any K-12 schools that were open in California during the fake pandemic. But uh, what ended up happening was, is that again, Megyn Kelly and Adam Carolla were basically advocating for K-12 schools. They were saying, well, look, a lot of K-12 schools stayed open and, uh, and, and th their students didn't, didn't suffer academically at all. Well, define academically suffer. What does that mean? What does it mean exactly? Again, the homeschooling family was laughing during that entire time. They were laughing, and they're still laughing. They're laughing about all these debates that individuals are having, again, on all sides of the so-called political spectrum in order to help maintain the American K-12 school system and get people to continuously believe the lie that if a child is not in a K-12 brick-and-mortar school, then they will somehow not academically succeed that they will somehow be dumber as a result. The lie could not be bigger. And again, the people like Megyn Kelly and Adam Carolla and anybody talking about the business who's never been in the business and saying that, all they're doing is parroting a very thick rhino establishment lie about American education and the way that the human mind actually operates. So. I know there's a kind of a rant there, but my point is, is that they have to go. The school board members of the old have got to go. Even if you vote in a bag of sand, vote in the bag of sand. Just get rid of the old people. Get rid of the dumb old people 
who are believing the COVID lie, trying to put more levies on the on the ballot in the future, believe the diversity, equity, and inclusion crap, and more importantly, take zero responsibility for any of their abusive actions and tactics over the last three, four years. I, again, in the town where I live, I haven't heard any of them take any responsibility. They just say, well, you know, COVID was hard on everybody. No, your dumbass believed the lie. You believe the lie because you're brainwashed and you're jabbed. So even if you were to win again, you probably won't survive the end of your term. But they don't know that. So, okay, fine by me. But they haven't taken any responsibility for anything that they've done. So they don't deserve a vote. Don't vote for them then. Pretty simple. I think anyway. Okay. That pretty much wraps it up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Again, my thanks to Kim Carter again for everything that she has done, standing up for the truth, standing up for what is right. Thank you for recording that. That was awesome, to say the least. And uh, say a prayer for her if you can. And I'm sure she's going to end up 100% fine because people like her always do. It's the people that we fight against that are always on the wrong side of history. And they don't know it, but they're going to find out. And they always find out one way or another. So with that said, everybody, I will catch you around midday on Wednesday. And again, I will try to get that episode up as fast as I can on Wednesday morning. But with that said, I'll catch you then. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.